I've been asked to um, just say a few words to you to bring this session to a close. I want to be very careful not to take away from what we've just been learning. Uh, the peace of God in real lives. The real experience of God. Genuine personal witness to that power and that peace. Um, so we don't want to lose the impact of that, uh, but I've been asked to say something briefly about the God of peace, uh, and I feel very inadequate to do that, um, as uh, those of you who know me will understand, I'm sure. Um, in another sense, I'm someone who daily pursues the peace of God, um, so uh, know something of that experience. Um, let's get into the scriptures, please. Can I take you to Hebrews 13? And I won't be long. Um, but just to touch on a few things. Hebrews 13 and verse 20. The writer says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, that is Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. I'm reading again. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, that is Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The writer to the Hebrews had written this letter to those who had crossed over. That's what Hebrew means. Those who had crossed over from Judaism to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to confidence in the apostles' teaching. And his appeal to them throughout the letter is to step fully into that life, to not shrink back from it, to throw themselves into serving God in the new and the better covenant relationship that is brought by the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who lives as our great high priest, and also to step into the spiritual and heavenly realities which surpass the physical service of the Old Testament. Amazing letter. That's the purpose of it. And now we come to this closing benediction. The God of peace. That word that is translated peace is irene in, in the Greek. As usual, when you translate something into English, some meaning is inevitably lost. So I want to spell out to you what the New Testament understanding of that Greek word is. And it is to be in a state that lacks nothing and has no fear. To be in a state that lacks nothing and has no fear. Sit with that for a moment. Peace is a state of being that lacks nothing and has no fear. And we've heard the testimonies of those who, in the midst of what would seek to settle and disturb 
and even threatened to tear apart, they've come into a state of no lack and no fear. Amazing thing, that peace comes from God, this God of peace. And the God of peace, you see, is a God who lacks nothing. And a God who has no fear. His name implies it. And Rose has been talking about the greatness of his character and who he is. I am that I am. He's the one who is always burning and never used up. And he's the one who relies on nothing but on whom everything else relies. Why should I ever anxious be with such a God as this? We sung that this morning. He lacks nothing. And he has no fear. And that's the one that we trust in. Now let's look at these verses in Hebrews 13. The God of no lack and no fear. Brought up from the dead. The great shepherd of the sheep. And we can almost see the picture of the God of peace reaching down into death itself. And pulling up the Lord Jesus from its murky depths into a new and indestructible life. And he's still living that new and indestructible life today. And when he did that, he confirmed the eternal covenant. The covenant which God has made with us eternally sealed by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. We sang this this morning. The morning that sealed the promise. His very body began to breathe. Resurrection day. By his atoning death. And by the virtue of his perfect work on the cross, God raised him up. And in being raised, the new covenant begins to operate with the Lord Jesus as mediator and great shepherd. So, the great shepherd is alive. Raised up by the God of peace. What difference does that make? What difference does that make? The God of no lack and no fear has done the mighty work, the death-abolishing work of resurrection, and he will now equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight. In fact, the, the same power, Paul says, uh, the same power with which he raised Christ from the dead, he has toward you, power of his resurrection. Uh, it's an equipping that gives us all we need. No lack. No fear. Uh, that's the life. A part of the vision of the life that the writer to the Hebrews wanted those who had crossed over to faith in Christ to fully grasp. To fully step into the God of peace equipping you with all that you need. Through the work of the Lord Jesus, guaranteeing our covenant relationship with him. And to you today, and I need to hear this, that life is still there to step into. That full equipping from the God of peace. How do we know? How can we know that? Because Jesus has been raised from the dead. And if Jesus has been raised from the dead, 
then we don't need to fear. Uh, you, see, you see that, don't you? The logic of it. If Jesus has been raised from the dead, and he has, if he is alive today, and he is, then our confidence in him here and now, as the living one who has abolished death, death ushers us into peace. No lack and no fear. Now, I'm going to read Psalm 23 to you and make a few comments on that before I finish. Because this is a psalm of peace. The Lord, that is Yahweh, the burning fire that is always burning and never used up, the one on whom everything relies. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. I lack nothing. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness or the right paths for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The God of peace, as we trust in him, brings us into the experience of Psalm 23. You see David here, I lack nothing. He says, I have all I need. The all-sufficient shepherd provides for me. And what's more, he's with me, verse 4, so I won't fear. No lack, no fear in Psalm 23. Psalm of peace. And have you noticed that there's a leading in Psalm 23 in verse 2? He leads me. And there's a with in verse 4. You are with me. There's a following after in verse 6. Our all-sufficient shepherd, who has no lack and no fear, has us surrounded. He leads us. He's with us. He follows after us with his goodness and his loving kindness. Surely loving kindness and goodness will follow me all the days of my life. That can only be true if we have a great living shepherd whom the God of peace raised from the dead actually with us, actually caring for us, loving us and working the events of our lives together for good, though all those events may not in themselves be good. Giles said he was right. Remember what Paul says at the, coming towards the end of Romans chapter 15, he says, the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. How? As you trust in him. Or in believing. And as we grow to know him better. And we've 
heard it from those who have grown to know him better than me, I think. As we grow to know him better and experience him in our lives, our trust in him grows. And as our confidence in him grows, we grasp with firmer hands the peace that he gives. And we step into that state of no lack and no fear. That's what we've heard. Peace given as our friends have trusted that God knows best and that he loves no matter what. So my closing appeal, brothers and sisters, is that we pray for one another, that God will graciously grow our faith, our confidence, our trust in him. And the way that he does that might be easy, but we will find that as we lean our confidence on him, we will know more of the peace of God from the God of peace. That's closing prayer. Our Father, thank you for hearing us and for answering our prayer for peace and for strength and for openness as we have talked about your greatness and even in events in our lives that would seem to difficult and complex and shocking that you're present and it gives us confidence to know that you are the God who reveals yourself as you have done in the scriptures and you are the God who reveals yourself, discloses yourself to us by the indwelling of the Spirit in our lives, making us to know more of you and more of your Son. We pray that we might step into the life more fully that the writer to the Hebrews spoke of, that we might know your full equipping, that we might know more of no lack and no fear because you are the God of no lack and no fear. We know that you are transforming us to your likeness and your character. And we look forward to knowing more of that in our experience and the fullness of it one day. We bless you for what we've heard from Ben and from Lenny and Sharon and from Beth and from Rose and Giles. Bless them all in their lives. Richly give to them by your hand and because of what they've been able to share with us today. We ask these things and pray your blessing on the rest of our time together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.